Dude, I miss that so much. Yeah, I, I I calculated it one time, and I probably made like $150 based on Megan telling me stories after I was done my shift, but while I was still clocked in. <laughs> like, you couldn't leave, and it would just go on forever. It was awesome. I really miss her as my boss. All right, do we do it or what? I'm down to start. Steven, are you good to go? We can't. We're signed to a network now. We're big business, but I'm glad that you liked it. <laughs> Welcome to the show, folk. No, wait, hold on. Let me start that again. No, that's that's going to be in. Yeah, well, it's a free for all. So Our fan base just knows talk Megan. when you want. We edit around it. That's how we do the podcast. But uh, let me start it. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. It's the Loud Podcast. We're, uh, it's the Extra Loud Podcast, where the bit is that we're really loud. I'm your host, Brad Semituk, and who do I got with me? Uh, Key and Beatty. You're not doing the bit, dude. I'm the co-host, Key and Beatty. You tanked the show already. It's your parents' watch. <laughs> Key and Brad Semituk. I'm Key and Beatty. <laughs> and I'm Brad Semituk, baby. Um, oh, and also we have a guest. We have a guest. Introduce him to the folks. Can Key. you introduce yourself, actually? Because I don't know what last name you want me to use. I'm regular regular volume Stephen Darnell on the Loud Podcast. My name is Stephen Darnell. I am... Uh, I'm a person. I'm on this show. I like movies. Hell yeah. What movie did you make us watch this week? It was my idea to watch Gattaca. Hell the yeah. classic, I want to say, 1997 film about uh, bioengineering and other ethical dilemmas. My favorite part about this movie, I will say off the top, is uh, I watched it on YouTube, and then I went through the comments on the YouTube video, and it was just a thousand reiterations of whose grade nine teacher is making them watch this in quarantine. <laughs> Did not make me feel good about my intellect. What grade did you have to watch this movie in? I mean, nine, but also <laughs> two years after I graduated as well. It's honestly not making me feel awesome that I watched this in, I think, grade 11. Like, I really feel like I was behind in <laughs> Catholic school now. <laughs> See, that's funny. I think I also watched it in grade 11, but, like, when it came out, that is what grade I think I was in. Why do you guys I remember think watching we... this at a party, and you... then we all had, like, a big discussion after. And so, clearly, when I say party, I mean a small gathering of <laughs> yeah. uh, church youth group kids. Who <laughs> yeah, that's fucking awesome were not that's popular. what parties used to be. You just throw on oh, a yeah. movie and then discuss. Honestly, that'd be so much <laughs> lower stress than what parties are now. Yeah, now you just like, you try to fuck, but if you don't fuck raw, you're still a loser. Yeah, I'd way rather just that... watch Gattaca. That was way too early in the episode <laughs> for a fucking raw joke, man. Uh, that story made me sound far too sophisticated. Like, the most intense discussion we had is uh, not to spoil anything right before we naturally get to the part that we spoil someone commits suicide at some point and we had an extended discussion of how we would commit suicide if we were that guy because he has limited means at his disposal That's i don't even remember that part of this movie that was a pretty funny part of this movie <laughs> that i actually have a lot of questions about but why do yeah. you guys think we all watch this in school like what makes this such a perfect school movie well for me i think it was because they were talking they were talking monsanto were they talking Monsanto? Yeah, we were discussing genetical engineering and science, and that's why they made us watch it, to show genetical engineering or whatever. But it's like, couldn't you have just been like, uh, hey, Hitler wanted to do what Monsanto's doing? Like, why do you have to show us a movie to prove it's bad? Well, I think because the teacher didn't feel like teaching that day. I think that's why. 
Uh, yeah, it's because but... you fucking kids don't listen to anybody unless it's part of like a story. You, you <laughs> like... Is that why we had to watch it? <laughs> yeah, you gotta, that's true. We, we got to get the kids involved somehow. So we tell them a story and then you're like, oh, interesting. And then bam, jokes on you. You just learned something. But it's just like, I know that I only watched this in science class because we were learning about the human genome and they were like, yeah, all the letters in it are G, A, T, C, and A. Have you guys ever seen the movie Gattaca? <laughs> and then we just like watched Gattaca. <laughs> Is that where the title comes from? Oh yeah, that's, that's why no they call idea. it that. I learned that in science class. Shout out to Mr. Voigt. Also on his ID card, it says Gattaca in, in DNA form too. A lot of people oh, miss shit. that. It's an Easter egg in the flick. Also, was the Institute called Gattaca? I think the Institute was called Gattaca, but now I know why. I thought they just thought it was a cool sounding word that had nice, a good K. It was really end. cool. I love that word. And because, like, you watch this in school because this movie is more issues than it is a movie. Like, the plot does not matter at all. That's it's just true. a bunch of aesthetics wrapped around some interesting issues. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm pretty sure we watched it when we were talking about eugenics, though. I don't think we watched it in the DNA unit, but that's interesting. What, what it's did got you, it all. Why did you have to watch it, Steven? I watched it because, uh, I don't know, I thought it would be neat. Uh, as mentioned earlier, I didn't have a lot else going on, so I just saw a lot of movies in high school. I was like the anti-Brad Semituk, apparently, because I saw hundreds of movies. And this it, was one that really stuck with me for some reason. Does it make you feel extra smart that you watched this on your own and then they made <laughs> everyone in school watch it? Actually, when I was when you were like, "Oh, what movie should we watch?" and this was one of the ones that I suggested is like, "Oh, I think this might have had an effect on me." And you're like, "Oh yes, I was forced to watch that in school." Then right away I was like, "Ah oh, shit, that means it's become a homework and everyone hates it." <laughs> yeah, I was forced to watch it in school, much like how uh, the genetically non-perfect were forced to become janitors. Excellent. In story. the plot of the movie, am I right, folks? Nice, nice tie-in. Way to circle it back to something. Um. Did you guys know I was the first genetically perfect science baby? Oh, I did, I did. Congratulations. Yeah, Monsanto had an immaculate conception, and I was born. We're, imagine thinking that you're what perfection is, that you're what the ideal human is. Listen, brother. We Mon all wear giant sweaters and I'm be not destroyed in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Yeah, we're throwing the word <laughs> ideal around uh, pretty loosely these days, I see. I'm not <laughs> suggesting this to you. I'm telling you You have two fact. different socks on. On my birth certificate, <laughs> the two parents listed are Monsanto ah, and God. <laughs> the geniuses down at Monsanto know a lot more about uh, perfection than I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You wouldn't understand why this is perfect. My dad was Dick Cheney and my mom was Halliburton. I know a little thing or two about perfection, Bradley. Yeah, that's close to true. Um, oh, man, yeah. Were you guys weirded out when in the first scene, of, or like the third scene, whatever, if you want to be accurate, I guess, um, he's like in the doctor's office, <laughs> the doctor watches him pee, and then he's like, that's a nice hog you got there. <laughs> yeah, that... that but also, you Go know ahead, what the follow-up follow for that weirded me out even more when he was like, don't know why my folks didn't order that for me. And then that kind of made me think like how fucked up uh, parents living vicariously through their kids is going to be in like the future. <laughs> yeah. Like all the, these dads are just like designing sons with like foot long cocks with like that are giant and can beat the shit out of them. And like, then the mom's like, but make sure he also cries every day. Yeah. Make sure he's also <laughs> in touch with his feelings. Uh, see, that made me just question how exactly you go about designing the perfect hog because they're probably it's probably pretty easy to figure out if it's going to be a big one or a small one but like how do you isolate the gene for uh like longevity stamina 
That's well, here's true. the thing is, are we just talking size or are we talking aesthetic, like, nature? Are we talking the look of the hog, too? Because all of a sudden there's a lot more variables involved. I think the look, too. I feel like there has to be, like, one doctor who speciali- specializes in just shaping the perfect baby's penis. I agree. You need a, a pretty cock, and it's got to last long and be the perfect size. You don't want just a big one to show off for the guys at the gym. You want one that a lady will say... That will do. But I will. You don't want a cock. <laughs> that's just for the fellas. You want, <laughs> you want a, a, a cock that's for all genders. But here's what I will say is I think that that part of this movie taught our parents that having a micro penis is a choice. I mean, in this well, Like a choice on the part of your parents. Yeah. I, no, but I oh. think not even in this universe only. I think uh, they're insinuating that your dad manifests you having a micro penis if you have one. Probably. Uh, yes, I hey, would say You know what it true. made me think? This is just a story from my life that that uh, awkward scene made me think of. My first thought was, no one looks at someone else's dick and is like, beautiful unit you got there. <laughs> Except for me one time, I got uh, hammered with my girlfriend's father-in-law and at like, uh, uh, I want to say a Thanksgiving party. And just me and him were drunk in the kitchen. And he took his dick out. And his wife and my girlfriend started yelling at him, and I yelled, don't listen to them, that's a beautiful dick, Brad. His name was also Brad. You got a beautiful dick, and then I got dragged away, and he got sent to bed. Damn. I wish someone was there to say I had a beautiful dick when I pulled my dick out on stage one time in Toronto. I respect that you had his back after he pulled his dick out. (laughs) You were really trying to make a good impression on him, huh? There was no, that's a beautiful dick, Brad's coming at me. (laughs) Sorry, I interrupted you. What'd you say? I said we. It worked too. We hugged at the next family gathering. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever show him your dick after, just so you'd be even? I never did. He set the bar too high. <laughs> um, do you guys think it's fucked up that he was conceived in the Detroit Riviera? What do you guys think the Detroit Riviera even would be? It's a car. <laughs> what? It's a car? <laughs> I thought it was like a region in Detroit. <laughs> no. Detroit cars are made are known to be made in Detroit. It's called the Motor yeah. City and they were in a car. It's the But why did he say the Riviera? The car was called a Riviera. It was made yeah, in didn't Detroit. They have okay, well, fuck this movie then. <laughs> fuck this stupid-ass movie, because I thought that he was born in a region in Detroit called the Detroit Riviera. <laughs> I thought it was like the Mayan Riviera, but instead of an ocean, they had violent crime. I'm sorry. I should have texted you that about that scene before we did this podcast. <laughs> I knew this was going to be a misunderstanding when I saw this. <laughs> Man. So if you think about it, like the main character in this movie, since he was born in Detroit and also he was an underdog and also he had glasses, it's kind of an allegory for Eminem's life. You think? Yeah, I just listed three ways. I just don't know anything that anybody's told me about Eminem. I've taken their word for. I don't. So when Dr. Dre says he's been in a lab with a pen and a pad, he actually meant he was designing Eminem's DNA so he could rise from the test tube and rap for us. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Dre got his start at Monsanto, not in Compton. Hey, what did you guys think of the um, like whole intro kind of origin story sequence about like him and his brother and like his early uh, or Vincent's like early childhood? I thought it said it planted some nice seeds. Like, I like the way that you see that even though the brother is, like, stronger and seemingly better, that the brother's soft and Vincent is hard. Like, when he goes to do the blood brother thing, Vincent just slices himself and the brother yeah. knocks the shell down and runs away. You know, it kind of reminded me of, like, uh, like, you know, like, those kids who are just, like, praised for being geniuses all the time and they end up being, like, soft and shitty. 
versus like yep. the kids who have to like bust their asses and then they become you know hard as fuck. I think it's like one of those yeah. hard work is uh, greater than raw talent type of things. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think that's one of the things the movie wants you to think about is like is being told you're good a blessing or a curse. Like maybe you're better off having a bunch of stuff to fight through. Absolutely. I just feel like they kind of did. I feel like the like the whole. You know, for lack of, you know, like the CRISPR thing that they're doing where they're like picking yep. and choosing traits. I feel like that was kind of overly demonized. Yeah, well, that's my biggest thing of this movie. Demon demonized? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they were, I, I feel like that was kind of the implication of the movie. Like the doctors were bad for like, you know, not leaving anything up to chance and trying to genetically engineer, you know, people's whole lives from birth. But like, honestly, if somebody could like go into my brain before I was born and zap out all my depressive tendencies and like addiction issues, that's thank you. Yeah, but that's They'd just preemptive therapy. Yes. They'd also zap out everything too. that makes you like uh, not terrible. Like you just become the worst. Everybody would just would, be the I, worst. I don't know if you would. I Have you ever you met would. a scientist? Imagine if a scientist was designing every person. We'd all be bitch-ass nerds with runny noses. <laughs> <laughs> right? But I feel like if you got... There's got to be one or two cool scientists out there that would, like, you know... And they, they would activate the kick, kick flip gene in somebody. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I just have never seen a pimp scientist. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think that... Um, I think that they should be demonized. I think that should be. But I think it should be the parents, definitely not the doctors, right? Because, like, science guys just do science. That's what they do. But, like, I think uh, parents wanting do. their, like, like parents are supposed to love their kid no matter what. I think this was just trying to teach us that that's, they won't. I love how you See, think. See, I, I think that that's what the movie is implying. Like, it never straight out says it, but it, it, there's a very dark tone around this whole thing. Like, oh, yeah, designing the perfect person is is bad basically and we're losing a lot and when i was when i first saw this in 1998 i totally bought that and i think i've kind of flipped on it now like no we by all means make me better if there is a way to make me better i'd want it and if it's your kid on the line if you're like oh man i've got a genetic predisposition to spina bifida so there's a 30 percent chance that my child has spinal bifida but nah, i really want to do things the natural way like that's insane no, yeah, definitely. If there's a way you can guarantee you have a healthy, happy child who has every chance at success and happiness, take that chance. Or like, exactly. do that. Sure. That would be tight. But the dick modification, I can't. <laughs> I can't get over. That's not good. Oh no, that's the number one thing I'd modify about myself. If I found Aladdin's genie and he was like, "Okay, what do you want?" I would say, "Okay." We'll get to world peace around wish number two, number three, maybe. But wish number one, I would like a dick that can read the minds of everyone in the room and become what they think is the ideal dick. So everyone I see will be, no matter what their ideal dick is, they'll think that I've got it. You're want, you that's want fair. the beauty of your dick to be in the eye of the dick holder. But that's what I'm exactly. saying about not editing your dick is like the whole like beauty and mysticism of life is looking for someone who's going to appreciate your weird, gross dick. Right. So let me pitch you an alternative where they modify all your depressing, you know, all the bad shit out of you, but they leave dicks as is. That's untouchable. They won't do anything except circumcise them because that's what God wants. If we're having a real argument, I don't even think they should do that. I think <laughs> if I was born without mental illness, dude, I would be the worst person ever. 
I, I think, think that you, as a guy with mental illness, would just hate you, the version of you without mental illness. The version of you without mental illness would just be stoked all the time and, you know, happy doing what he wanted. Yeah, I sure, but I'd be a fucking loser the whole time. That's <laughs> what I'm explaining to you. It's like, if I didn't have mental illness, I'd be wearing, like, Gucci and, like, posting <laughs> on the internet all the time. Yeah, I guess this is just one of those things. <laughs> it's like the Matrix conversation we were having. I'd rather be an ignorant loser who's just stoked that he's a loser <laughs> than, you know, be a cool guy who's furious about it uh, i think you are grossly overestimating how not terrible you are right now with the mental illness <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point <laughs> yeah brad you really think you rule for a guy who hates himself <laughs> that's not what i said though i just think everybody would be like it would just be like bland the world would no yeah. this man See, this is why I like I this movie, is we're like five minutes into the movie, and what we have right now is enough grounds to just talk for the next hour. Yes. Like, yeah, it, there's it so much full going of on ideas. with it. But I think that if and everyone had the same mental state, we would all act the same. We'd all no, essentially I, be I robots. agree with, I, I think the best argument against like this kind of genetic modification is it always makes sense on a case-by-case basis. Like, if you're like, well, I want my kid to be the best. I don't want my kid to potentially have mental illness or like a terrible physical problem or even just like not you know be as uh, smart and talented and whatever else that, that they could possibly be i want to put my kid in a good position but scientists are mostly going to make everyone the same then and then as a society as a larger group then we'll be weak because we won't have any diversity like right now i'm uh, i'm reading this book i don't like to brag i like to read books sometimes also Legend. and it's talking about like the it's history of um like mass deaths in population and one of the biggest pieces of bad news for your population is if everyone has the same immune system because yeah. then one uh like disease is going to wipe out like 50 to 90 percent of you you well, need like a big diversity died. in that yeah none of them were fact. immune to asteroid they got the covid it was covid three back then <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's what i'm saying i it's, i'm not saying that like i think wanting to kill yourself and smoking cigarettes in a leather jacket is inherently cool. I just think a world where nobody does that is lame. Yeah, you're right. I actually, I agree with that. It's just really hard for you to be like, your kid should be the one who is a great artist because they're uh, depressed and manic, but um, they're going to kill themselves at 41, and uh, that's what you got to live with because society needs it, though. I like what that's you said a, hard, a lot it's about... It's a hard sales job. I like what you said a lot about the case-by-case versus this whole society thing though because i think you're right about that yeah i mean i think i was definitely thinking about it only as a case by case i get what you mean with society being more homogenous and boring but also part of me thinks that that might be the next step for society like with the increased globalization and shit like that i feel like it's only a matter of time before everyone starts thinking on the exact same brain length fuck that you shit know, i'm getting it i gun. used to think that i think the opposite now yeah yeah, like, I think everyone's just going to come together and then separate again, because that's, like, how everything got made now. Like, everyone is still from the same source. Like, there was a time when, like, uh, I don't know, West Africans and Norwegians come from the same genetic origin. They were just all together, and then they spread out. And then if we come all together again, we'll just rearrange everything inside the human project, but then it'll spread out again, because we're not, you're not going to get... 7 billion people all around the world to want to be on the same page. They're just going to break off to their own little divisions. It's just going to be a big rearrangement is what I think now. I don't think we're all going to form one ubiquitous thing. I think it's going to be about 15 dudes that work for the International Monetary Fund that just shackle us all into being the same whether we want to or not. 
Well, uh, maybe they're gonna control the population, get us to a nice manageable size. It's only if anyway. we vote for Trudeau next year, though. Everyone remember that. <laughs> I get too scared once we start talking about all this shit, though. Like, my reflex, as soon as anyone brings up, a, like, what if we all in the world start thinking the same, I'm like, I'll get a gun. Like, I just get too upset about that kind of stuff. Uh, you know what kind of bothered me about the whole CRISPR thing, though, and, like, picking the perfect baby? Mm. Is that, like, if they're able to go into, you know, your genome and see, like, you have a 63, you know, ni or I guess yeah. in this case you have a 99% chance of uh, dying of a heart condition, why not what? fucking, like, go in, you know, using that knowledge, preemptively do some shit? Slip a pacemaker into that little baby's chest, you know? Like, I just feel like <laughs> there's there's some more that they could do. Like, if they have all this great tech, why not... Yeah, why well, don't they have the tech to like fix these problems also like or why doesn't he just point. chew a baby aspirin every day isn't that what you're supposed to do for your heart anyway very interesting point bradley yes. why doesn't well, he you know what to prepare aspirin? for <laughs> the doctors should be like given every, they what they should do is test you and then figure out what you could have in the future and then just medicate you immediately yeah that's the future i want a future where every baby is on pills that's what we dare got to right dream, now, baby. my friends. Dare to dream. <laughs> <laughs> Future way. You know, you know what else I thought was uh, like, I guess along those lines. Like, I'm not even sure if the movie is right. Is it treats it as if it would be terrible to know what your destiny is. Hey, just so you know, your ceiling is gas station attendant. That is what your genes make you best suited for. So just start doing it. Like, wouldn't that be terrible? I'm not sure that would be terrible. Maybe I that would be like nice. That. I think that would it would save take me the pressure off you. You just get to be a thing that you're good at and not feel bad for not being more. It's like the sorting house in Harry Potter. You know, it yeah. just tells you what yeah. suits you best, and every and it was right every time. Well, it would be it would be yeah. good for us, but let me kick you a scenario because I think that it would like there's some like beautiful flukes that have happened in the world that just wouldn't happen in that kind of a world, right? Like, imagine a world where everybody knows what job they're destined for. Like, we would just not have Larry the Cable Guy then. He would have just worked at a gas station. Been a cable guy. He would have been a cable guy, exactly. Yeah. Like, we like got Larry, or What? I'm sorry. I'm what saying, if he was a way better cable guy? Like, are you sad that he wrote Get Her Done instead no, of not? I'm hyped that he wrote Get Her Done. I think the world would be worse if he hadn't have written Get but Her Done. But what if he was such a good cable guy that, like, we would have, like, we're, we'd be, you know, so far past cable by now? Well, now you're dealing in what-ifs and hypotheticals, <laughs> and I don't want to play that game. <laughs> well, well, that's the, the point the movie tried to make, right? For, for you folks at home, there's a scene where they go to a, a piano concert, and it uh, turns out that the piano player has 12 fingers. He's a genetic freak. And then uh, the Ethan Hawke says, well, you know, one finger or 12, doesn't matter. It's how you play it. And then his lady friend says, no, that piece can only be played with 12. Like, we need these... Her idea is what Brad just said. We need these uh, freaks in order to have these beautiful flukes. But to that, I say that's easy for you to say as society. Like, do you ever hear like the Beethoven abortion example? It's like pro-lifers like to say like, oh, do you think if I were to let me give you a, a scenario? This woman has a syphilis. She's a prostitute, a single parent. She lives in destitute poverty. She's already had nine kids. Congenital deafness runs in the family. Do you think she should have one more if she's pregnant? And then most people are like, oh no, that's a bad thing for that kid. And then you say, aha, you just aborted, aborted Beethoven, you fool. See, we need these low percentage chances. But what about, like, the 10 million other people born into, like, squalor and horror that just live lives of squalor and horror? Yeah, and like, then they is just it die. worth it for them because we get Beethoven? That's a great point. Like, but yeah. My question to you is, like, what's a better world? A world where 
people have to live in squalor or a world where like this company science man tells you what you're forced to do for the rest of your life the day you're born but what if he told you that and you started doing it and you were like oh fuck he was right this is what yeah. i was meant to do i mean i am i don't think this. most people would be like that people are narcissists man we all want to believe that we can be like whatever yeah, I wouldn't but like, say. Do you think that's inherently I, good? Because we've had a lot of episodes on this movie, Youngblood, for example, where we talk about how people should give up. Maybe they should stop uh, chasing their dreams and settle for something a little more attainable that might benefit them more in the long run. You know, it's a good point. I just think it should be the person's choice. That's what I'm arguing. Is like, I, yeah, but I people just don't think, think it too highly to of the themselves. Like, who are the two most miserable characters in the movie? Were Eugene and then his brother Anton, and those were the two most super engineered people. But they, Eugene only won a silver medal, and Anton only became a detective. So even though they were awesome, they weren't quite as awesome as their own expectations for themselves, and thus they were miserable. And when does, like, Vincent finally become happy? When he reconnects with his brother and gets a girlfriend, and, like, it wasn't even going to space that made him happy. This is just Scarface all over again. It was friendship is the, the prize. Yeah. Like, getting stuff... You don't want to go get stuff. It seems like you want to go get stuff, but that won't make you happy. Whereas you just make some human connection and some friendship, then you get happy. Whereas when your expectations outstrip outstrip your reality, no matter how good your reality is, if your expectations are a little bit more, then you just start to be miserable. If that's so the maybe, point of the movie, I think that's a great point. I just honestly, I don't think that was the point, but I think it kind of could be. I, it's an honest enough movie that it put a lot in. I think its point is we shouldn't do genetic engineering but I don't know if you have to take that message out of it. Yeah, I think that's definitely what the point of the movie is. I just feel like I wish that they did a better job with the main guy's personal relationships a bit more. I Frankly, I didn't. I felt like him and his brother had such little on-screen chemistry that, like, I don't know. I wish I was able to take that away from it, but, like, that just completely went over my head when I watched it. Um, nah, I agree. And, like, same with uh, the whole Uma Thurman thing. Like, I don't know. Brad and I were talking about how, just how that was, like, such a shoehorned-in romance that really, I don't know, I also felt like it went nowhere. I, it honestly seemed like this whole movie was about a guy who really wanted to go to space and then was happy once he lied to everybody and got into space. But Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I think the weakness of this movie is, like, the movie elements that... Exactly. I don't know. Some of the characters are cool, but the relationships aren't much, and the plot is, like, a total... Nobody cares about the murder the whole time. It's not important. That was insane Um, to me, that there was just a murderer on the loose for the entire movie, and everyone was like, oh, whatever. Like, that. nobody cared that there was a murderer among them. What are you guys talking about? There's murderers loose all the time. That's just how life works. I, I yeah, mean, but like, I don't I, have I, to I, find the body that often. Sorry? I said yes, but I don't have to find the body that often. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. find the dead and bloody yeah, yeah, yeah. body at work, and everyone just goes on. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I just think it's not too much of a stretch for me. Yeah, I mean, but that, you live in the hood. No, I don't. You live <laughs> on 118th Ave. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, but you know, where to find, you know where to find the murderer <laughs> waiting for you in the mirror every time you wake up. There's more white girls than weapons in the neighborhood that I live in. You know what's another problem I had with this movie was I honestly, like, okay, because this whole thing I feel like was about, you know, him ignoring the uh, uh, requirements, you know, the the requirements that he felt arbitrary uh, to become, um, you know, a fucking astronaut. He wanted to become that even though he didn't meet the physical requirements or whatever. So doesn't that just prove that their science is wrong anyways? Yes. Yeah, I guess so, but I mean, like, 
also ignoring that i feel like there's certain jobs where it's okay to genetically discriminate against people oh yeah like totally that's i strongly agree with that part like if you're an astronaut company and you're sending people into space for years knowing whether or not they're going to have a heart attack two months in is really really important absolutely it's totally fair for you to say sorry you can't make it like Who are and you to tell someone they can't die in space <laughs> <laughs> bro we should all be we should all have that option i think as humans yeah. yeah, but not on company time, man. You wanna? <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. You're right. Like I you guess pay your own way to die in space. Yeah, if that's yeah. What you you got to save so up bad. your janitor money, and we'll launch you into space anytime you want. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. I just think it should be government subsidized. Like maybe NASA doesn't have to do it, but I think the U.S. Treasury should. Am that I should wrong? be something Elon Musk does to give back to the community. He launches people into space <laughs> to die. Yeah, who don't have what it takes to go to My space. My plan for society is we redistribute all the wealth and then use that to send all the dead people to space. I would like more expensive suicide machines so that you can just be launched into space <laughs> it's your time. I think every human has that basic dignity coming to them. What about a suicide bomb, but it's a nuke, and then they also put you inside it? I think that's mostly a homicide bomb. Eh, for me it would if be suicide. New, I'd build it. Like, what? what's your ratio of victims to you? What up, and Vince? how many does it have to be before we stop mentioning the suicide part? Well, it's like a whole country that would be... Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. But it, no, it is yeah. like a couple... Two cities, in, two cities on an island in like a Pacific country would be flattened, I would say. Yeah. Like, at that point, your suicide's a footnote to the homicides. Yeah, one hell of a side though. We should talk some about uh, the Jude or Jude Law's character. I agree. I mean, really, like, it's the odd. We already said it, but the thing about this movie is the movie itself. It's more. It's so easy to just go off on ideas that the movie brings up, and then just talk about those ideas. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just specifically uh, f- fuck the two minutes. It'll probably be fine. Okay. I just specifically wanted to mention like the intro scene with Jude Law. Um, they were like wondering, like, how is this going to work? How is he going to be uh, allowed into the Gattaca Institute uh, if uh, Jude Law is from England? And then they were like, uh, yeah. uh, "Blood has no nationality." So I just yeah. really like that we were able to like get over our xenophobia and you know ethnocentrism and just like replace it with a new kind of racism. Yeah, I liked that. <laughs> there still needs to be a phobia. I thought that was nice. I think that says a lot about people. You know, like no matter what, we're still going to find arbitrary lines to divide us and reasons to hate each other. Oh, of course, because any, like, super woke person you meet still has, like, ten groups that they hate. But also, would you say that this is less arbitrary than hating somebody by race? I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it's less wrong. Oh, it's yeah, it's way less arbitrary, but that's, like, I'd say the danger of the meritocracy in general. Like, people talk about, oh, wouldn't it be good if rather than, like, nepotism or racism or whatever, we had a true meritocracy? I don't know. Don't you still have the same categories of people, like... A few people are happy, most people are okay, and some people are suffering. You're just shifting who gets to be in those boxes. Yeah, I think the you only... haven't actually improved anything. I think the only reason why that's better, or at least the only argument you can make of why that's better, is because then you can at least say that the people at the bottom deserve it now. Well, that's... Man, that's why I don't like meritocracy in general, is nobody deserves. Like, even people who are lazy, stupid, and mean don't choose to be lazy stupid and mean no one's sliding out the birth control and flips the lazy asshole switch like you're just kind of born that way i don't understand how i don't see where deserve comes into it really yeah i don't think meritocracy is real right because like you can work as hard as you want 
at whatever you want. You still have to be a fucking snake to get anywhere in life. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's the thing is that there's just no true meritocracies. I mean, it's so no. easy to, like, climb through the ranks of, you know, like, there's so many other different ways to get your rise through the ranks of something yeah. rather than just being good at a thing. You can throw that. I agree there there isn't in real life, but I think this movie is trying to suggest, like, well, okay, Sorry. here's what one might look like. What do you think of this? Do you like it better? We've actually got all the most talented people who are hardworking and will do a good job. Um, and is that any better? And I get the impression that the answer is no. Like, it's just, we've just shuffled who's at the bottom. We haven't actually improved life for the people at the bottom. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think that that, like, what they're doing is not a meritocracy still, even if, like, whether it's real or not, that's not what it is, because they're not doing it on who works hard or who has the most heart. Because if it was a meritocracy, the fucking invalid's ass would have been in the space program immediately, you know? Like, yes. meritocracy is who, like, works hard enough, I thought. I mean, I guess kind of. Like, that's one way to look at it. I look at it more as, like, who's going to do the best job? Like, if your boss's kid gets promoted over you, it's because he's the boss's kid, not because he actually is the best for the job. Yeah, but... But if you've got some other hard-working guy who really works his ass off but just can't figure out how to be a good heart surgeon, even though he works really hard, he's probably not going to get the heart surgeon job because nobody's going to want a guy with a lot of hustle but who's going to kill them. Hey, to be their side note, you guys should listen to the podcast Dr. Death. That's exactly about that hypothetical scenario uh, about yeah. a doctor who just really wants to be a doctor and then sucks shit at it. And that's what I think this shit's about. You know, like Just because you have heart and you want something so bad doesn't mean you should have it. Yeah. Even one of my favorite parts of the movie, which really quickly kind of touches on this, is uh, when the director, um, Gore Vidal, is talking to the detective, and he says, this, this is an institution where people can reach their full potential. And the detective says, or exceed it. And the director says, no one exceeds their potential. If it seems like they do, that just shows that we were wrong when we analyzed their potential in the first place. And I think that's 100% true, that potential is not actually something you can exceed. You can just get wrong what you thought it was. Like, even with Vincent, he, the main character, he should have been dead a decade ago yes. because he had a 99% chance of a horrible heart thing. That doesn't mean they were wrong. That just means he was the one in 100. Exactly. Like that's, how, that's a really good point. And also to uh, piggyback off of that, there was another part uh, later on in the movie where the detective reference, the detectives uh, are able to, like, look at his DNA makeup or whatever. Uh, when they yep. find out there's an invalid among them and they're like, mm -hmm. uh, oh, you know, there's only a 10 percent chance that this guy could be alive. It's like, who's to say he won't keep getting that lucky? You know, maybe he's the one yeah. percent in the 99 that's uh, not going to have the heart condition. I think so. That, exactly. That's I, an interesting point. Maybe the science was wrong. I think this movie is trying to say that there's no way to, like, calculate the worth of a person before it becomes a full person. Right. Because if you think about it everybody's potential is calculated wrong and the whole mo his fucking brother w getting only the silver medal and that other guy getting a wheelchair or whatever like yeah they all undershot it and then what's his name overshot it and it's like so then you're just telling me that you science dummies are actually as dumb as i think you are then right yeah and yeah that no, even right. we can talk about that right now like i can read demographics and you can come up with generalities about any group of people based on whatever you want and say some things kind of accurately. Like if, I don't know, if you looked at my background and age and said, oh, there's a 70% chance that, and then made a claim about me, it doesn't mean that you're wrong that I probably am that thing you're saying. It's just, what if I'm not? Like, 
Yeah. How cruel are you willing to be to the exceptions well, in the name of being accurate with your generalizations? You know what I mean? Does that, does that make sense? I'm trying not to get into any specifics. Yeah, I, ju I just think it's like we operate too much on chances, really. Like people hear 70% chance and they think, oh, that's happening then. Like no one yeah. hears 70% chance and thinks, I guess I got to make the 30, you know? Yeah, I agree that, I mean, I think that that's the best way to look at the world is not, oh, this is going to happen or not going to happen. It's everything is just a bunch of probabilities and you take your best information and make your best bet and see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean you were wrong. It just means that's the way it went. But people in general uh, don't like doing that. We want to know it's going to rain tomorrow. It's not going to rain tomorrow. Don't tell me there's a 65% chance. Like yeah. anything over 50, it's going to happen. And I definitely and, look at stuff way too black and white all the time. But, but yeah, I think this movie is, is trying to say, like, we need to stop looking at people black and white. I agree. Because and even not, if there's like, a 99% like chance a guy is that thing. Or you can't. Yeah, no, I, I agree with I Actually, yeah, I would strongly agree. That's the main takeaway from the movie is even if someone's probably something, they might not be, and you should give them the chance to show what they really are. Right? Amen, brother. That's okay. beautiful. Can we do some jokes now? Hey, yes. you know what I fucking hated about this? Actually, let, let me talk about two things. Uh, I want to talk about the sci-fi yeah. world building in this movie. Okay. First off... Okay. Respect to the uh, my man Frank Lloyd Wright. They filmed this building or they yeah. filmed this movie in a real building. It's the Marin County Civic Center. It was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright, my favorite architect in the world. Um, was he the guy who did the airplane? No. Okay. He was the guy. Uh, you you <laughs> ever see Falling Waterhouse or like? No. Okay, he did a bunch of like. He was probably one of the first modernist architects. He was like very prolific in the 30s. But this movie just did like one of my favorite sci-fi movie things. Uh, they also do it in, or they do this in a Clockwork Orange too, where they build the set by just like going to a bunch of really fucking beautiful modernist buildings and just kind of make your mind fill in the blanks that this is how the whole rest of the world looks. Um, I just really wanted to live in a world that was as beautiful as uh, this one they uh, put together. I think they did a really good job making it feel like kind of real and almost lived in. The one thing I hated, though, was uh, the slang that they were using in this movie. Uh, calling people who faked their identities degenerates? Yeah, well, Come the yeah. fuck on! Now, were they doing that on purpose, like, as in we invented this word? Or were they doing that as, like, we don't know how to say degenerate? I think it was supposed to be a slang because they were also calling like the the FBI agents Hoovers because they yeah. would use vacuums to suck people up and also J Edgar Hoover. Yes, yeah, which is like them J Edgars at one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like, come on, man, that's so fucking. You really think Americans are that smart that they're going to use British slang <laughs> really to reference the form the first head of the FBI? <laughs> Fuck off, the Bro. director of this movie. Do you really think that Americans know the director of the FBI? Like, they don't know who J Edgar Hoover is. <laughs> yeah. We know that because we're in Canada. They're in America. They're reading propaganda. They're like, oh, the guy in charge of the FBI is the guy also in charge of Call of Duty and both of them fucking rock. Yeah. That's what Americans uh, think. <laughs> the director is from New Zealand, so that explains it. Yeah, Hello, Gavna! That explains why he was respecting Americans so much. The bobbies are on my ass. <laughs> oh, I've been Americans wrongfully incarcerated by the bobbies. Huh? What? I'm just yelling in Australian now. <laughs> I said Americans are gonna know who J. Edgar is, isn't it? Yeah, I just that thought was, that, that was that's, my New Zealand. 
That's such a funny to, thing to make, like, a anti-establishment, like, anti-government movie. But then, like, just the lamest protest words you could ever think of. Like, nobody's calling them pigs or anything. Like, it's just hoovers. It's all fucking puns. <laughs> it's all puns and Jade. double entendres. It's like, that's not how people are. Yeah, it's like bust an oink oink at them, you know? An <laughs> oldie but a goodie. Be a little less clever, you fucking genius scientists. <laughs> Be a little fucking dumber. <laughs> Maybe that's why they were doing it, is because they were too smart to come up with good yeah. insults. They were too smart to call them the R word. Which, again, comes back to my argument of, <laughs> I think that makes the world lame. Well, we're just hanging out with scientists in this movie. Maybe the peop- you know, the man on the street is calling them various farm animals. But the scientists are like, we're a little bit better than that. That's what I'm saying. I think we can make a... That's a very interesting this- point, and that honestly saved that fucking gripe for me that, well that's just why i don't want a world full of scientists right yeah i guess that's good world building on why we should kick their all of uh, every scientist's ass um you hey, know but on the look of the movie uh i looked it up it's called the they were going for retro futurism yes like they wanted what the the people in like the 1950s thought 2050 would look like is what they made the i really really liked it also me too it was it had it was very cold though, very sterile, which I thought fit the theme of the movie. Yes, um, had vaguely fascist overtones. There's you know, there's big ties between futurism and fascism, which also just unsettled me as an audience member. But it was also like striking and beautiful to look at. I thought the aesthetics of the movie were the strongest actual movie part of the movie. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I I will say I usually hate the fucking. Um past predicting the future thing in movies but i think that this movie did it the best out of all the ones i've seen like there's nothing except for no one has any fun at any point like even when things are going well everyone is just so serious and miserable like that even during the very beginning of the movie when the the score comes in it's just like the the music is just telling you this is not fun this is very serious that's where we're headed though in the world right if i mean that's what everyone thinks but then like and it's weird too because movies about the past always make the past seem romantic and almost no movies about the future make the future seem fun but the like i don't know am i crazy has the world mostly not gotten better over the last 500 years but is like would you go back to any point in the past sure you can do the 500 years bit and like that's what everybody does when you start talking about this but think about before the internet to now compare those two because it's almost impossible for me to like go a day without thinking about how i want to kill someone that's rich you know what i mean (laughs) and i just feel like if i wasn't always reading stuff about how they're dunking on me all the time i would be less mad is that but then again it's like maybe i'm just the crazy one so but that's my pitch to you I don't know. It's interesting to hear you say that because I genuinely think that the Matrix had it right and the like human society peaked in like 1998. But I kind of just thought that I thought that because that's when I was a teenager and everyone thinks supposedly that was the good old days. No, me maybe that actually was the good old all days. All the time. I think it was around the 90s as well. Yeah, I think there the, was a tipping the early point 70s around then. To the late 90s. That's when things were good. I agree because for we us, had though it was terrible for every other country. Let's remember that. Well, yeah, I just think it was tight because we had enough technology to, you know, have cell phones and shit, but also we didn't have anything past that. Yeah, we had just the right amount. We had pagers, and I think that would be cool to try out. Like before you knew it was propaganda. I don't know the exact date, but like before people started realizing, I think that was the perfect time. <laughs> or even when you realized actually what, what I think made the 90s so special is we realized a little bit 
and we're like, yeah, okay, there, there's a big lie, and we're going to fight it, and then that's going to work. And yeah, now yeah, at this point, yeah. we've been doing that <laughs> exactly. for 30 years. <laughs> you're like, oh, shoot, our being, Bro. like, we just a lie behind that. Nothing works out. Everything the concept of hope was assassinated in 2016 by Hillary Clinton-tied CIA agents. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like... To, to go back to what you were saying about everything being better now versus 50 years ago, I, I, I think that it absolutely is better now. And even uh, things are probably better now than they were in the 90s. I just think we're way more aware of how bad things are going to be imminently. You know, like we're more aware of global warming and like, you know, antibiotics not going to be working soon That's and all that point. crazy shit. It's like it's fine now. It's just I feel like it's going to get terrible soon. And that's why you can't really enjoy this. Everyone's well, life that's is like better, what this but movie our mental is about. state's worse. Sorry? Yeah, I didn't. What'd you say, Brad? Sorry, I missed that. I was saying, like, maybe everyone's life is better, but our mental states are worse. Or what, something. Yeah, I think that is a, a, a big issue. And this movie's about, like, even we're about to have this amazing technology that should make everyone a better person, but it's going to be terrible. We're going to hate it. It's going to be, we're all just going to be in a room typing, even though we're genius engineers. Like, that was another weird little subtle nod. Like, that's their idea of super space engineers they're all going to be nameless bureaucrats just pounding away and like everything about this world seems not fun other than uh having sex in this amazing room that where the windows open onto the ocean hey i'm not also, much for wealth yo, I but i would love, love to, to have, have a bedroom with like all glass yeah, windows that face the ocean so I you can know what was fucked up about that part good. though for me was that i feel like or at least what felt like it should be fucked up for that character is like having sex with this girl and then looking over like this ocean that, you know, you like had to pull your drowning brother out of. Like, how do you stay hard through that? Oh, yeah, right. Uh, maybe well, he because successfully did it. Maybe he was like, I, yeah, hell yeah, this is where I rescued my brother, showed him who's boss. <laughs> maybe, or maybe do you think that just made him harder? Like, he was fucking this girl and he was like, yeah, and I saved my brother's life that one time. I don't even understand yeah. this argument because I could have sex on the graveyard of my dead mother and I would <laughs> just be thinking about how I'm having sex right now and how that's awesome. Oh, yeah, sometimes you don't relate to that? Sometimes I'll do a weird impression in my head while I'm having sex and then I lose it. I get tunnel vision, dude. I'm good at having sex. I start thinking about way <laughs> no, no, far no. away things. What I'm going to be making for dinner later. What was on TV <laughs> recently. A thing I heard oh. on a pot. Maybe I'll have a song stuck in my head. Well, you can't. I didn't mean to say I'm good at having sex. Don't steamroll me right after I make a mistake like that. <laughs> <laughs> I meant I'm good at um, committing, being in the moment. I got I'm that. Good at, That's I'm why good at, I like having sex. It's the only thing that brings me in the moment. Every other time I'm thinking about a thousand other things. Yeah. But man, when I'm having sex, I'm just be like, I can't believe this is happening, and that's it. It that's, focuses, yeah, the attention. I think that's what bliss is. I think my ideal future is from the moment we're born to the moment we die. Scientists are having, are making <laughs> us have sex with machines. Just machines jerking you off for about <laughs> 83 years. That's the science world I want to live in. Hey, um, hey, speaking of having sex, how about when he goes outside after having sex and immediately starts scrubbing himself with sand, and she just doesn't react to that? Like, is that not a... That's a bigger red flag than him attacking the cop out of nowhere. Like, I feel oh, like that was a beautiful date. Too bad he's outside vigorously rubbing sand all over his body. I love that. I feel like... I, I, and that she didn't even bring it up to him afterwards. I feel like there must have been, like, another time a guy had sex with her and then had to, like, bathe <laughs> yeah. in the ocean afterwards. Oh, great. He's one of those fucking sand rubbers. Well, I'm just <sighs> not going to mention it. Not again. 
why would it even <laughs> like why would you even do that? Have you guys ever wanted to do that after sex? Yes. Yeah, to exfoliate, you know. One time I had sex with a person at a music festival after I'm sure neither of us had showered for day. It felt so bad that I bought <laughs> both of us a shower afterwards. <laughs> Did you say felt or smelled? I said felt, but also smelled. It smelled really bad, too. Because that's Either what I wanted. Because I, like, I try to have sex mostly after showering, like right after. But just the tang in the, in the air that would have been... Plus, you're in a tent. Oh, too. we were in a tent. Like, the tent smelled bad when we went into it. Smelled even worse when we got out, bro. And for the listeners who don't know, a tent is like, imagine a microwave, but for smell instead of for heat. <laughs> 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 Do you guys think it, it's cool that they know how everyone's going to die and when? Mm, I don't no, know if I'd want to know they can't that. guarantee you for 100%. Unless it's 100%, I don't want to know. Don't give me that 90% nonsense. Yeah, I don't seriously. want that hanging over my head unless you know it for a fact. Because that makes me wonder. Because, yeah, I took it as, like, they just knew 100%. But now that we've poked some holes in their potential shit, I wonder if they're actually wrong sometimes. They, they don't must go into be. that. Well, there. that's why they said 99. Even they're not cocky enough to say 100%. This guy's for sure going to die by 30. Oh, I thought like, oh, he He will, but he might not. Dude, if that's the case, though, I would love being the guy. Like, I would love to be the bookie of death or whatever, the guy telling you your odds. <laughs> that would be so – that would be the sweetest job ever, man. And you could even take bets on it. You could do that right now. You get enough demographics about a person, you can make a pretty reasonable prediction. Actually, you know what? If there's any people listening to this that want to bet against me on the day that they'll die – I'm willing to do That's that. That's called a death pool, and I'm completely down to do that. We should get an Edmonton comedy death pool going. No, we should get That's a good. your parents watch this fan death pool. Where people just take bets on whether you or me will die first? Yeah, if you guys want to be in the death pool, DM I hate Ooh, Brad on Instagram. That's a good one. We're going to get this. You're not allowed to murder one another, though. That throws off the, that null and voids the whole thing. No, there's murder clauses. That's like uh, a put in the stock market. Yeah, this is this like options is, trading. This bet pool or this death pool is a meritocracy, Stephen. Yeah. If you want the I, death, I, <laughs> you, you can take the dub if you want it bad enough. I, I would like to get a side bet on whether it's more likely that Kean kills Brad or Brad kills Kean. I think it's more likely that I kill Kean. I think but you're... I think it's more likely that Kean beats me to death with his bare hands. Yeah. But if... you got to remember I have the reach advantage. <laughs> it's more likely that I get a weapon though. <laughs> it's more likely Brad will eye gouge. <laughs> um do you think that his parents knowing that when he was going to die or why they let their kids play that incredibly dangerous childhood game of let's swim out as far as we can until we're almost exhausted? And then swim back? Like, how many kids die a year in that lake? Dude, I had to save a kid from drowning because we were playing that game. And, like, before I'd even seen this movie, when I was, like, a kid, we were just swimming out in the lake. And I had to to do that shit. So, I don't know. Probably That's incredible. Yeah. You should tell that story more often. That's an amazing story. No, it's fucked up because I have, like, dreams about it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think about it while you're having sex with women on a... No. In a bedroom that overlooks that very lake. <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll have a dream where I'm like swimming and I don't know where I'm going, right? And then all of a sudden this guy like grabs my wrist and he's like, please. And then I have to like make a choice of if we both die or if I kick him off my arm. Anyway, I'm so I glad have told I'm that not, story. I'm so glad I don't did, have to have your brain, but you, bro. Did you save him? Is that what happened? 
Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, all right. Yeah, it, we weren't okay. even that far out, but I, I just like I overdramatize everything in my head, so I was just panicking at the time. <laughs> wow, that sounds incredible. I just imagine his the parents looking over and being like, you know, one of them is for sure gonna die doing this. And then the other one's saying, he's only going to live till 30 anyway. We might as well let him traumatize his brother. Yeah, it really seemed like they were trying to get rid of some dead weight. Like, just putting their kid in, like, hey, we're enrolling you in uh, dirt bike lessons. You're not allowed to wear a helmet. <laughs> like, just putting him in, like, overly terrifying situations. Yeah, to... it seemed like That's his... for sure what I would do. It seemed like his parents only wanted Anton. Like, they didn't... They were, like, trying to kill the other one. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, they should have been more aggressive about it. Like he talks like, oh, my parents called me because they knew I was sickly. They should have like taught him how to skydive. Yeah, man, th that could have been a whole movie. That would be an excellent movie, actually, about parents who have two kids and they're secretly trying to get one of them killed. <laughs> <laughs> Son, it's now that you're 11, it's time for me to introduce you to the wonderful world of meth. I think it's about time you start driving. You're getting pretty tall. Man, but here's my question, though, is... So the scientists know what day the kid's going to die, and they tell his parents, right? But then when does the kid find out his death day, right? Because you can't tell him oh, when he's yeah. a baby. Well, it seemed like he was always pretty aware of it as a kid. Or, like, at least you can find out as soon as you're an ad adult. Because they had, like, those weird stations where, like, Uma Thurman would take his hair and just get it genetically analyzed. And you can just, you know, fucking analyze whoever. Like, it's yeah. a weird public service. Oh, so I was thinking, like, maybe when you're 12, you go down for your first physical, and then your doctor is, like, grabs your balls, makes you cough, and then he's like, also, you're going to die in the middle of the night on your 37th birthday. On the bright side, yeah. you're growing into a nice, strong young man. On the bright side, I'm going to need to feel your balls again tomorrow. This is normal doctor <laughs> stuff. On the bright side, your parents designed a beautiful cock for you. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous balls. Yeah. One of those. Listen, brother, you got to thank your dad for this beautiful ball sack. <laughs> In fact, you're too young for this ball grab. I'm just doing that to console you about the other piece of this. <laughs> also, hey, you know what's pretty funny is that this guy, uh, he just naturally had a beautiful cock. Naturally, oh, he yeah. had a cock that the oh, doctor yeah. wanted. He had a genetic heart condition, but that's okay, baby. He was eight inches long. That's true, because I, I <laughs> thought it was the doctor cock that was getting complimented, but it was all natural cock. All baby. natural. It probably it turns out that the gene for beautiful cock is like the opposite gene of not having a congenital heart defect. <laughs> Most people choose the wrong way, really. Clearly, it's the wrong choice. Yeah, everyone with huge dicks dies of heart disease later. That's the cross he must bear as a man. But also now I'm just thinking, like, do you think that Jude Law maybe had to give him like a silicon dick or something? Like he had to give him his own... Like with the fingerprints thing, how they had to slip fake fingerprints over his fingers. Do you think he had to slip a fake dick over his dick? I've That's how in the future that. scientists will defeat this, is your ID will be a picture of your face and your dick. Because there's no way that you're getting, <laughs> you know, you're going to be a match for Jude Law on both of them. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever thought about that possibility? Like uh, getting a dildo, hollowing it out, and then sewing it to your shit? Doubling your length? considered it. it it's crossed my mind yeah because i swear to god that runs through my head like once a day <laughs> like too i mostly much. have the genie dick fantasy where i would like a magical dick yeah i mean i don't even... wait magical and what like it grants you wishes or magical how no no it reads the mind of everyone of whoever's looking at it and becomes what they think the ideal dick is okay oh chameleon dick yeah 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 like mr odo from uh deep space nine i want mine to be prehensile <laughs> 
like if, a monkey's tail. Like if you meet a, a hot lesbian, your dick just like sort of blooms into a vagina. <laughs> it becomes a beautiful woman. <laughs> that actually would be the, the ideal future, I think, right? You could just where we have shape shifting genitals. Yeah, you could switch <laughs> your shit on command, but you wouldn't have to. I agree. To. Like, man, I'll show you gender fluid. My genitals literally are a fluid. <laughs> they form and morph. Yeah, what if whatever you my, need gen- to be. my genitals can take the shape of any container I put them in? I'll show you flu- fluidity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some say I'm gender gas. Actually, um, that was real dad joke material. Um, uh, we, we did watch this movie in science <laughs> class. You guys think it's awesome that they piss test at the job interviews? Well, I, I just I like how that was why like they had to do it every day. I'm I'm mad that they do it at the interview. I'd be fine if the job made me do that, but it's like if you're piss testing me the minute we meet, like you don't know what I'm about. Bro, it that's doesn't even matter if I'm gonna pass or fail, right? That because it's like I'm not spending eight hours of my day with a guy who wants to hold my pee. I get you. Am I wrong about that? No, I get you. But also, I just want to say that wasn't even the dystopian part of this movie. <laughs> Like people take piss tests and job interviews all the time in the fucking state. Like I had friend, I had a friend really? in Texas who had to take a piss test before they got a job at a pizza place. Are you serious? At a pizza place, Bradley. How did they find anyone to piss clean for that job? Dude, yeah, what? I would. I'm never taking a piss test That's in my outrageous. life. You can write that down if you're listening. It is to outrageous. This. Like the point that they were trying to make in that movie was that he wasn't down to give a piss test, not because they were going to like drug test him or whatever, but because they were going to like find out his genetic makeup and that it was whack for that reason that was why the re- like the 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 point they were getting at was they were being like how fucked up is it that they're misusing these piss tests that we love so much yeah uh, and not just checking drugs i know that that's what they were using it for i was just doing a joke about your boss asking to hold your pee no that's fair i and that but also was an excellent i just wanted to make you know <laughs> make sure that we all know how fucked up that is that that's real yeah i mean it's Like, what a fucking stupid-ass world we live in where some asshole at Kmart is allowed to, like, figure out if you do blow or not just so you can make $14 an hour, maybe? If I'm not on blow right now, or alternatively, you can't tell that I'm on blow right now, you should give me that job. Anyone who likes capitalism can suck my nuts. That's how I feel. It's more impressive if you're on blow and they can't tell. I've had a lot of jobs where I showed up to the interview being high. Like, I smoked weed and I was high as fuck. And then they hired me. And then I just showed up to work every day stoned as shit. Because, like, that's what they wanted. Yeah, but they didn't piss test you. They didn't piss test me. That's what I'm saying. Like, no one should have the right to test your piss, man. If I can fool you, then I'm not high. I'm effectively not high if I can fool you. Exactly. Right? I agree. You're just as capable Uh, as a dumber man. Same as cops. They should not have breathalyzers, bro. (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, actually, I think that's a good point. I think that they, if if someone's like such a shitty driver that they pull you over and they pass the breathalyzer test, no, they should still fucking go to jail. But if they oh, like man, pull yeah, a guy over who's driving excellently and he's hammered, let him fucking go home. Maybe he should be teaching the driving class. He's so good at fucking making it home, not crashing into shit, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm like. No one should be allowed to test to figure out if I'm on drugs. If you can't figure you either it out, hit a minivan or you didn't. That's you the made test. It home, you made it home. Yeah, <laughs> that's just how I feel. Because then someone can write you off so fast because of like stigma shit or whatever. But it's like, like genuinely, if you're smart enough to do a job interview well baked, then you're better than the boss at his job. You should get his job. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. Right? <laughs> I agree with you completely. Yeah. Also, did you guys I'm know a that results-focused person? 
They had to give me the uh, shin surgery to make me shorter, too. Yeah, you used to be taller, but asked to be. (laughs) (laughs) The doctor had to do that. You had to donate bone to Ethan Hawke? Well, no, because I said I didn't want to play in the NBA, and he was like, okay, well, then it's unfair that you're seven feet tall. Oh, shit, fuck my mistake. We got to shorten you down. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to be an excellent horse jockey one day, the doctor said. Yeah. Um, They cut two feet out of my shins. It's amazing I still have shins. Do you guys have any other points for this movie, or should we start talking about the ending here? There's just too much piss and blood. My my main point is about the ending. I'm excited for the ending talk. Okay. Um, Bradley? You have anything you want to add here before we get in? Start sealing this letter shut. It's kind of, I mean, it. I guess it makes sense with the plot of the movie, but it's still kind of crazy to me that they don't interview any of them. They only hire based on piss, but they still know that their predictions are like not a hundred percent accurate. Well, still. I think that they think that their predic- predictions are a hundred percent accurate. Like it, it feels like they keep ignoring how inaccurate they are through the whole movie. And despite that they have clear evidence of them being wrong, they just, like, blow past it because it's way easier to just pretend like they're right and keep going. I mean, it's like the whole thing. Uh, it's like, you know, like being racist is way easier than not being racist. But, like, it's not, you know, functional. I mean, I don't... You have a pretty easy time being racist? Yeah, it's easy and fun. Yeah, speak for yourself, Kian, because for <laughs> me it's actually impossible to be yeah. racist. I've never done it and I never will. <laughs> That's beautiful, I used Brad. to think it was impossible, but I kept working at it, and I think I'm getting there. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, though. Like, it's easy to just, like, file people into fucking, you know, pointless categories based on nothing. Uh, than yeah, it is I agree. To take that part didn't make any sense. Like, at most, That's that fair. just tells you that this person is smart. Just because you're smart doesn't mean you know anything about engineering a spaceship or exactly. flying a navigation course. But maybe that's a point about human nature, you know? Like, hey, no matter how far advanced we get, no matter, forget about if we're going into space 12 times a day, we're still going to... Uh, you know, have some level of dumb tribalism and want to set uh, arbitrary hierarchies where if we're on top, then don't worry about that. It might be flawed. We're on top, you know. Um, I, I did like, though, that the elites got to skip the dumb tribalism. Like the thing you're saying that he was a foreigner, like he was impersonating a British guy. But no one cares because he has elite genes. Yes. It's the same thing now as having elite money. Exactly. If you have elite money, you can be part of whatever hated category. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's That's also like look at the, the way we treat IQ right now when that doesn't literally doesn't mean a fucking thing. Like people treat IQ like it's like you can be a lawyer or whatever if you have a high IQ. Right? Yeah, I mean yeah. like – but I, yeah, I mean it's like – Like we already do that weird genetic shit already a little bit and it – is oh, totally. So Definitely a little bit. It's easy to me. It's gross. But, like, imagine when we have the tech to do it a little bit more and a little bit well, more. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's what this fucking movie's about. But. And, listen, I heard a, I heard a quote uh, recently. Yeah. And it, it, it made me, it brought me a lot of solace. And it, the quote is thus uh, In a fight between a computer and a gun, the gun wins every time, baby. That does that makes me happy inside. Doesn't it How make you guys happy inside? What are you relating this back to? Never mind. <laughs> edit that out. Edit it out. Don't leave it in. I don't want anyone to hear me say that. Okay, what about this? You guys think it's fucked up that they're all genetically perfect and still none of them can think that it should it might be bad to smoke indoors? Yeah, that was oh, another that thing was I wanted to say. One of my notes is that this movie makes me want to smoke. Smoking looks awesome. Oh, so badly it made me want to smoke. I just love that I they uh, smoke 
constantly. I love that they were I like. I smoked today. I've smoked like 15 <laughs> cigarettes in my life, and as of today, it's now up to 16 because I watched this movie last night and then today smoked a cigarette. I <laughs> had to rip myself away from 7 Eleven about five times the last 24 hours. But anyway, I think it's so funny that they're like, if you have a heart disease, you, you can't join NASA, but feel free to chain smoke as much as you want. Yeah, it's so yeah. like, are they really perfect or are they just ripping darts with stipulations? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe in the future they figured out how to like put vitamins in cigarettes and it's actually good for you now. Can you imagine? That would be so awesome. You're just freebasing vitamin D. Uh, that would kill. I heard that vitamin B is what they use as fake cocaine, but you can actually get high off snorting it. What do you guys think about that? I think there's vitamin B in sugar-free Red Bull and some other stuff. You ever snorted it? No, you, it's, but I've taken the pills. You get a weird little tingle. This is a little running theme uh, from a couple of our previous episodes, but it's really funny to me how the cop in this movie is still like a 1950s detective, like right down to the fedora. Nobody, <laughs> yeah, that's nobody really else in the whole fucking movie has a fedora on. He even talks like, eh, see? <laughs> it's really I love that. the old men were one of my favorite parts of this movie just the old men being old men yeah. like when he tells his boss uh when he's a janitor maybe one day you'll see me in there and his boss just goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that was it i loved it um but you know what makes me laugh made me laugh about the fedora cop is uh the first time he's investigating he like finds that eyelash right and then he's like, oh, perfect. Now all we need to do is find someone who's missing an eyelash. And it's like, <laughs> how do you guys know everything about everyone in the world's DNA, but you don't have a security camera? Like, you couldn't just see who did it. He was That's killed in an office That's my favorite part of futurism is when they fuck up the future. <laughs> he was killed in broad daylight, like in a business place. You couldn't conceive that maybe they would be knowing what would happen? Maybe uh, we got laws against that in the future. People demand privacy. Yeah. Oh, that would actually be... That's interesting. You ever think about that? What, people demanding privacy? Yeah. I yeah, think do, you, do you like privacy, Kian, or do you prefer to be on camera? Oh, I love privacy. I just feel like we've already signed that shit away a while ago, so... I mean, like, even now, mm. privacy is pretty irrelevant. I mean, what with Bill C C-13 allowing border agents to freely look through our phones without... Uh, any sort of warrant or, you know, the government be being able to skim data off of all sorts of websites. Man. Who fucking cares about our privacy, bro? I that ship has sailed. would love for a border agent to ask me for my phone. <laughs> I would love for that to happen. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I felt I'll just show you my dick. We yeah. can cut the phone out of the equation, I think, man. I think privacy doesn't exist. But I also think, like, you should be... The government should be allowed to film me on security camera if I'm allowed to wear a balaclava everywhere I go. I think it should be a fair trade, right? Yeah, sure. And you the old-timers say your generation is the first one that doesn't even want privacy, that you want your whole lives to be broadcast. That's what the old-timers say about you. It's How do you true, feel though. about that? I say that the old-timers need to stop posting my fucking baby pictures on Facebook without my consent, is what I say. Ooh, I don't know. My generation's bird. definitely the first one that, like, TikToks themselves doing crimes, but it's also like, you guys didn't have TikToks, so you probably would have did that shit, too. That's true. Hey, what did you guys think of the ending of this movie? I loved the ending of this movie. I found it uh, actually really moving. I was moved by the ending. I liked aspects of the ending. I felt overall it was missing a little oomph. I felt like it kind of was a little too perfect. Because, like, 
Like, starting with the whole Uma Thurman subplot, I didn't like that she still had his back at the end of everything. Oh, yeah, I mean, her, she was excused. She didn't even comment when he, for no reason, as far as she can tell, beats the shit out of a cop who's just standing there. Yeah, what like, the fuck? Like, he jumps up That's and when she beats won me this over. guy and kicks him on, while he's on the ground and then says, we gotta run, <laughs> and she's just like, I guess I'm going with this guy now. <laughs> And she does, yeah, Uma Thurman is very odd in this movie. Well, it's just lame because they really, like, set her up as being, like, a company woman, for lack of a better word, for like, someone who's just really on board with the whole system. Like, she steals his hair so she can get it tested yep. to find out that he's, you know, the man he says he is or whatever, yep. and all this other stuff. And then at the end of the movie, she, like, has his back and, like, doesn't care that he's not, you know, that he was lying to her this whole time. I just well, she gets upset. He has to, like, hold her and tell her something. Like, hug her, I mean, not hold her Yeah, down. but I mean, like, she's still letting him hug her. I don't know. It just felt, like, a little fucking dumb. I wish that it just didn't end so perfectly for him. I wish there was a little 1984 action where, like, at... You know, like how at the end of that book, they, uh... The, you know, the fucking government corrupts uh, the lady and she that- decides that she doesn't like the guy anymore. Why not that be the case here? Why not have You're the lady... Saying- Sorry? You want it just a little bit dark, like the saddest and most crushing, depressing ending of all time? Yeah, because that's real, bro. That's a little fucking real. Uh, 1984 didn't make me sad. That movie can suck my nuts. You know what was sad was (laughs) Star Wars. How he didn't fuck his sister? Yeah. And I also hate I I think he shouldn't have been able to fuck Uma Thurman. That's what I think. I think the scientist should add a button that relayed radio signals to his dick that made him go soft right when he was about to get in there. That's how I would have been a terrific prank. They should have done that so he couldn't (laughs) pass on his heart. All right, I'll tell you why I liked it. I'll try to make it quick. There, I mean, I divide the ending. Forget the Uma Thurman part. Yeah. She, I don't know. She was fine. She she was in the movie. She was but in the movie. when he has the swimming contest with his brother, and then he once again beats his brother, and his brother doesn't understand how, and he says that line, it's because I didn't save anything for the way back. I thought that was an interesting line, and we could probably talk more minutes, get off track, talking about what that means. But then, um, you know, he rescues his brother again, and uh, they at least kind of, figure each other out like he explains to his brother how he did it like oh i'm just harder than you i worked my ass off incredibly now you know that i'm okay and we've sort of achieved some peace but the part that i really loved i genuinely loved this was at the very 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 end he thinks he's finally won and he's strutting in to uh get launched in space and he's finally going to realize his dream but there's a new company policy and he's about to get caught because he's not prepared this time and his fate is totally in the doctor's hands and the doctor smiles and says, I never did tell you about my son, did I? He's not every, he wouldn't, or he says, he wants to apply here. He's not everything they promised, but I tell him about you sometimes. And then he pushes a button and goes along with it. Like he, the doctor lets him know, hey, not only do I know who you are, I have known the entire time. And he gives that line, left-handed guys don't hold it with your right. It's just one of those things. And says with that line, hey, I've known the entire time. I have been helping you and backing you up this entire time. And I really like that because, A, I think it's really beautiful that he was helping Ethan Hawke the whole time, and now Ethan Hawke is helping his son, like, not even on purpose. He's just like, oh, your son has some genetic issues? Well, I had some, and I made it, so now I'm off. I'm being a shining example for your kid, and I'm like, uh, I'm helping you too. And it, I, I just like that it kind of brings down the maverick element of this. Like, for most of the movie... The Ethan uh, Hawke character thinks he's this amazing one-man solo mission 
who's going against everything all on his own. But then at the end of the movie, you find out that so many people were helping him. The doctor was making it possible. It turns out the detective was his brother, and his brother obviously knew who he was the whole time, and his brother was protecting him, even though they have resentment of each other. His brother was protecting him the whole time. And then you think, oh, his old boss at the janitor place knew where he was, and he was protecting him the whole time. And Uma Thurman backed him up. And even his buddy Jerome was uh, was backing him up. Like, it took so much help. And that one line, like, oh, I've known who you were all along, it showed that really nobody does do anything on their own, that we can pull together and some human connection it can overcome uh, anything. And I don't know if that's entirely yeah, true. No, that was beautiful. But yeah, that, that is was, beautiful, man. You really made me I like this entire... ending all of a sudden. Well, yeah, because yeah. it, it is like, it's a, that's, I didn't really think about it like that, but that that's nice. Yeah, every, like, it's a good message, right? It's a it's good to teach people that you're there's no such thing as being self-made. Yeah, there yeah, it's one of my strongest life beliefs, so I guess that's why I'm was predisposed to like this ending, but just that the doctor was subtly helping him the whole time really moved me. Yeah, that is really beautiful, and I also really liked that part too. But I will say the thing about right-handed men never hold it with their left i thought he was talking about his dick again am i wrong no he yeah, was he was, he was talking like because he his doctor watches him pee every day and every day he holds it with his left even though he's supposedly a right-handed guy and see that's and where that's... it brings me right back to hating this movie there's just too much piss cum and blood in this <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> i feel there wasn't enough cum they're constantly getting piss and blood tested yeah they should have uh, had him that's would for sure. Yeah, that would have right given away. you all that you needed to know. That's what I think, actually. Yeah, the, it, the vortex whirling machine shouldn't have been like it sucks all your skin samples. It should have been it sucks your horn. <laughs> That's the future that I would rather live in. That could actually just be the movie. Forget the plot. <laughs> also, I just want to watch a robot blowing Ethan Hawke for about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me when he says I never saved anything for the swim back because how did you always swim back then? No, because he was uh, like, just so hard. See that? What do you mean? That by I would almost himself. argue with him with. I don't know if that's good. It's Is it good to be so single-minded? He, it's basically him in, just saying he acted dumb his whole life and got lucky, which is yeah. like reinforced when we find out that everyone was secretly helping him. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that that part is one of the parts of the movie I'd kind of argue with. Yeah, like, crazy. I don't think it's good to just single-mindedly pursue one thing. Because even if you get it, you'll feel like Scarface. Like, what's the point? You've, uh... Yeah, you, need... you get depressed, man. You gotta have hobbies. You gotta, yeah. you gotta do paintings on the side, for example. Exactly. Play well, some chess, I, yeah. maybe. Got <laughs> a dog. I guess my... Smell a flower. I guess my only real problem with this, the ending of this movie was that it all felt just a little too perfect. I wish that there was, yeah. like, one other thing that went bad. Like... I wish that uh, when he was being uh, blasted up into space, uh, his heart fucking exploded, but he was happy because he saw the stars, you know? Like, I think that would have been a beautiful ending. Sorry to interrupt. What about the suicide? It ends with him getting his dream and his friend killing himself in a really horrible fashion. Yeah, what do you think the subtext was to Jerome's suicide? Also, I really like how they did Jerome's suicide, like how they led up to that, where, like, they'd get hammered and have a really fun time, and then Jerome would just, like, oh, you make casual reference to a future suicide. That felt very real. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. That is also what I do. And also, uh, the incineration <laughs> chamber that he, like, kills himself in. He crawls in, and then he presses a button on the inside to light himself on. <laughs> 
fire. <laughs> what yeah, the I fuck was that built why for? You have that button. <laughs> That's the suicide button, baby. <laughs> this is the suicide chamber. <laughs> if you ever, I know you just became crippled. If you ever get too sad about it, just step in here and uh, you can disappear. It's the vital, most vital part of any furnace is the suicide button. Yes, it's I like ha- the ejector seat <laughs> in a car. Yes, my house is disabled friendly. We have our suicide chamber right on the main <laughs> floor. You don't yeah. have to go down or up any stairs. We have a spiral staircase. You do kind of have to do a chin a up to get into chamber. it, though. So you have to work for your suicide a little bit. <laughs> that keeps it from being an impulse move. Yeah, I love not paying for a ramp, but buying a full suicide chamber. That's awesome. <laughs> but, okay, that so was another thing. You live in the future. You can't put like an elevator in the house. I know people with those right now. <laughs> My my big issue with this, like, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good enough movie to say that it's a good movie and to just say that. But I hate when it when shit is narrated by the main character. Do you guys, what, how do you feel about that? I don't hate it. Uh, if anything, I think that added to why we watched it in high school. Because it was, you know, there was a narrator telling you everything what was happening. It just made it more accessible for us dumb guys. Yeah, sh- yeah, that's true. It just feels so fake deep to me. Like, at the end of the movie, he says three phrases that are all supposed to be quoted. And it feels yeah, like I they agree. just picked three instead of picking one yeah you're probably i mean i think that you're right about that but i also think that this movie brings enough to the table otherwise that you can't say it's fake deep no only yeah for that one reason yeah that's uh, it's nitpicky of me for sure but i just hate I, I don't know i just don't like that i don't know i agree with with both those i thought it brought enough to the table that it gets a pass but like that line that they close the movie with is they say that every molecule in our bodies used to be a star maybe i'm not leaving maybe i'm going home all right. Calm yeah, down, come on, dude. I liked you this whole movie, and now I want to kick your ass. Yeah. Why would you say yeah. that? How are you going to tell me I can't say that's fake deep? <laughs> that is the most fake deep. Sh- what does that even mean, dude? That's yeah, like that the sounded like a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young lyric. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like every emo song. Like you're just saying words that kind of go together. Yeah. All right, Fallout Boy. Fucking sugar, we are going down swinging. This movie fucking sucked at the end. <laughs> sure, we went down. What do you guys think? Uh, what do you think this taught our parents? That uh, genetic engineering is something to consider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what did, what did this teach you, Stephen? What lesson did you walk through life from this movie in your head with? Uh, that's an interesting. Oh, that I would say that um, trying to design the perfect future is not going to work out the way you think it's going to. And you need to, even if you get what you want, it won't be what you want. You need to leave some room, not necessarily for chance. You just have to to accept that you don't have total control. So just accept that. And it's even better to not have total control. You wouldn't want it if you did have it. That's a banger of a thought, dude. I think that's a good lesson to have, right? I think, yeah. I think that's a really important lesson. I think this movie taught our parents to always spite your siblings. <laughs> to always yeah, have true. an Oh, yeah. Put favorite. your children in open competition with one another, <laughs> as it will be good for one of them. Put your weaker son in very risky situations. I also think this movie taught our parents that if you have enough money, no one will investigate you for a crime. That's why the cops only investigate the janitors for, like, the first half of this movie. Well, they were correct yeah. about that. They're like, no one who wears a suit could have done it. <laughs> And the one guy is even like, read my DNA. You know I didn't do it. And it turned out that he did do it. So there you go also. Boom. Fucking That's all I got. Rich Kian? people. Yeah, I don't know. I feel... I, I, 
I think this is just one of those. Mo- it, it really reinforced like the whole working hard versus raw talent, or you know how that can trump raw talent thing for me. But I don't know if for this really. I don't know how much this taught anybody, you know, because like we're still going ahead with what this movie warned us about. Like CRISPR's I, still becoming a thing, and yeah, I yeah. agree. Well, I mean, it, in some ways, I like grew up to argue about it, but this movie gets referenced in that debate specifically all the time. Like Rand Paul did a speech a couple years ago where he quoted the Wikipedia from Gattaca <laughs> because that's just Dude. what he wanted to talk about was the movie Gattaca. I think it's Man. safe to say that if you quote Wikipedia, you are genetically not fit to be president. You got to quote <laughs> the sources. You genetically yeah, are that. unfit to be a politician. <laughs> Actually, it's funny you should ask what it taught me because in many ways I've gone against it. Like I would say I, I sort of endorse the idea of transhumanism now, the, the idea that we can make humans better, that we don't need to fall back on whatever we've evolved to be, that we can turn ourselves into something new. Yes. But I would still say that we need to do it a little bit carefully. Like You can't get too arrogant. I actually really liked the Bible verse that it opened with, like, Behold the work of God who can straighten what he has made crooked. I kind of like that idea of, like, don't get too high on yourself, all right? You can take out some stuff, but let's not go nuts. I just, I don't think people should have any more control over the world than we already have, bro, because look what we fucking did to the world. Like, you think if we start designing every single baby that the world's not going to get fucked? Like... I bet you anything they're just going to either make worker babies or army babies. And then, like, those guys worker will just... babies or army babies. They'll just make them strong. <laughs> and then those guys will just rise up and revolt. Like, it's so fucked. Like, people should not have any control, I don't think. I think you're kind of right. But then look at how well having no control works. Then you have a bunch of worker babies trying to be army babies and army babies trying to be... Like, people are grouchy because they're you know, doing something that they're not suited for and then other people have cancer and other people are born with a not beautiful dick and, and yeah. etc. You make some fair it's points. It's tough to say we shouldn't solve those problems. I totally get your point as well. If we design everything, they'll just make it a different kind of bad. I don't know which one will make it less bad. Yeah, me either. I think we've got to fight fire with fire. it's a slippery ass slope, baby. Hell yeah, we should go sledding. And I think <laughs> we should guillotine everyone who works at Monsanto just to be safe. <laughs> I agree. Every now and then we should, I've been thinking about this. I like capital punishment. It should just, you only qualify for it if you make at least $200,000 a year. Yeah, if you have and capital. Also, <laughs> it should be every punishment year, for capital. <laughs> every year we as a society should just pick five rich people and kill them. And we don't pick them at random. We pick the five worst rich people and we execute them publicly. And all the other rich people will see that and know, like, okay, we got to stay a little bit on our toes. Right. We can be kind of bad, but we don't want to be one of the five worst people because the five worst people are going to get it every year. Dude, that's one of that's the my best proposals for a new way to organize society that we've ever had on yeah. this show. I think we just found the clip oh. for this week, and it's Steven pitching a new world order. I think we'll pick Hell yeah, a joke, play probably. Off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd like to go with death threats, personally. <laughs> I think I said too many getting a gun things in this episode. What do you guys think? Well, we'll see if the police come to your door this week. Yeah. Come I to my jump door. on board with You're how invited. much I relate to that. I both look down on guns and would like to own a gun. Like, I think I should have a gun. This Guns actually are the perfect metaphor for this. As on a case-by-case basis, society-wide, we should have no guns, but I should have a gun. God damn, uh, yeah. you're exactly right about that. That's true. And I should have a gun as well. I shouldn't. Yeah, I'm okay. not stable enough right now to have a gun. 
Well, thanks Two for listening. Two out of three of us can have guns. Kian, you're off the gun list. Brad, you're in. <laughs> thanks for listening to the official podcast of the NRA, folks, where two-thirds oh. of us should have guns. And that's exactly the... Um, never mind. But... <laughs> can uh, I promote something? Yep. Yeah. What do you have to plug? April 11th, uh, there's a virtual grindstone show that both of you are on. I believe it's called Tell Us What You Really Think. Uh, with Steven and Kyle, where we're going to have comedians debate an actual subject. Uh, this one, I believe we're going to have Adam Blank versus Will Hannigan debating on whether or not lockdowns are good or whether we should let the people be free or let them die of COVID. It's going to be a good debate, and that's what we're going to do. April 11th, Grindstone. April 11th. Baby. Hell yeah, baby. I'm going to be telling jokes for the second time in four months. No, you're judging. Yep. Oh, am I? I don't know what my role is on this comedy show. Who cares? But grindstonetheater.ca for tickets. It's going to be a banger. We're all going to be there fulfilling various roles on the show. There is nothing but heavy hitters on this show. The creme de la creme, the purest of the pure. Yeah. Genetically. Genetically the purest of the pure. Yeah, so if you're one of our... The show is going to be engineered to uh, make you happy. So if you're one of our Aryan brothers out there, we need you at the show as well. If you're one of our listeners overseas, come out and watch (laughs) us do stand-up. The only time you'll ever be able to. I didn't mean what I just said either. But thanks for listening (laughs) to Your Parents Watch This, brought to you here by Comedy Here Often. Uh, we're, We're... we love to tell you about what the movies your parents watched uh, made them thought. Yep. Follow us on Instagram at Kiambiti, at I Hate Brad, at YPWT Pod. Steven, what's your social media? Uh, I think it is at All Hustle No Hands. Oh, yeah. Shout well, out. Steve's, no, it's at Steve's East Skidoo. But um, <laughs> there's not much on it yet. But there's coming. You just wait. In the works. Follow them now for some good shit later. If there's any scientists out there that want to look at my blood cum or piss and tell me how to stop being tired all the time, hit my DM, baby. We're out. That's another episode, another banger. Thank you again. Goodbye, audience.